Welcome to the Painesville Assembly of God podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this ministry to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending us an email at info at Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Let's get into the word this morning and uh, just allow the word just to speak to us today with the time that we have remaining. Uh, just let me open with a, a story from the time she was a young girl. Agnes believed. Not just believed, but Agnes was on fire. She wanted to do great things for God. She said things like she wanted to love Jesus like he had never been loved before. And Agnes had an undeniable calling. She wrote in her journal, my soul at present is at perfect peace and joy. You see, she had experienced a union with God that was so deep and continual that it became her rapture. She left home. She became a missionary. And she said, Lord, I'm going to give you everything. And so she left. And then as soon as she left, she experienced what so many experience, and that is she felt like the Lord had left her. At least that's how it felt to her. She said, where is my faith? She, she began to ask, deep down there is nothing but emptiness and darkness. My God, how painful is this unknown pain? I have no faith. She struggled to pray. In fact, a quote says, I utter words of community prayers and trust in my utmost to get out of every word the sweetness it has to give. But my prayer of union is not there any longer. I no longer pray. She still worked, she still served, she still smiled. She, she spoke of that smile as her mask and, and said a cloak that covers everything. And yet inside, there was a darkness that continued on year after year and month after month. And, and it just continued until one brief respite, nearly 50 years, she felt as if God was absent. Such was the secret pain of Agnes who is better known as Mother Teresa. This story came to light when uh, her uh, letters were published that she intended only to be read by spiritual directors, and it came out in a book called Come Be My Light. And how many know that if somebody like Mother Teresa struggled to feel the presence of God, how many others do? Have you ever struggled to feel the presence of God? You ever struggled and said, God, where are you? You feel so absent. I just... I don't feel you. I don't know. And that can have a huge impact on our faith. When, when we're not feeling or sensing God's presence, when we're not sensing him near, when we feel as if we've taken steps of faith and now he is absent, we can begin to struggle with our own faith. We're in week two of a series called I Want to Believe But, and oftentimes we struggle with a distorted view of God. And one of those distortions comes when we experience and expect to experience the presence of God all the time and we experience a season that some call the dark night of the soul and oftentimes in those times it is very painful and is hard and we begin to struggle to believe i don't know how many have ever felt the holy ghost goosebumps maybe this morning how many have felt the holy ghost goosebumps this morning uh, in the service Sometimes we feel those Holy Ghost goosebumps. Sometimes we'll come in and the presence of God is so thick. All we can do is weep. All we can do is cry. There are times where we, where we know we're experiencing the Lord. And so, uh, but there are other times when, when that isn't the case. When emotionally we don't feel God. When we don't feel close to the Lord. 
When we do, it's easier to have faith. And when we don't, sometimes it's a, a struggle. And so today we're going we're gonna to talk about, I want to believe, but we're going to talk about goosebump God. What happens when goosebump God, when the emotional feelings, when, when all of that is suddenly not there and we experience ourselves kind of at a distance or absent from the Lord? Well, friends, you're not alone, not only Mother Teresa, but if we look in God's Word, we also can see that there are other giants of the faith in God's Word that also express where they had times where they didn't feel the Lord. In fact, David, a man who was called uh, a man after God's own heart, if anybody should have felt the presence of the Lord, certainly the worship writer, the worship leader, the guy who with the harp, the guy who, who, who was there and, and, and was close to go, who danced in the presence of the Lord all the way back in a linen ephod and everything else, who kind of danced and celebrated, certainly he would feel the presence of the Lord. And yet there were seasons in David's life and one time where he felt abandoned by the Lord Several psalms he writes, one in particular, Psalm 22, 1 to 2, quoted by Jesus later on on the cross. David wrote, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night I find no rest. In Psalm 10, 1, the message reads like this. David wrote, God, are you avoiding me? Where are you when I need you? Anybody identify with David? David, a man after God's own heart, felt like this, expressed these words. God, why are you, are you avoiding me? Have you ever felt like God's avoiding you? God, I don't understand. And it's so tough to believe. Job, a man who had served God, considered an upright man and everything for a short period of time experienced this. He, he experienced, he lost everything in a short period of time. And he expresses this, Job 29, 4. Oh, for the days when I was in my prime, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house. Job says, God, where are you now? I've lost everything. I, I don't know where anything is. And beyond all of those things, what I missed most in the prime was the intimate relationship and intimate friendship that we shared. God, where are you? Jesus had that same moment, as we said, using Psalm 22. He also cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Friends, if you don't always feel God's presence, I want to encourage you. You're not alone. You're not alone. Throughout the Bible and throughout others, we know that there are times when we don't experience the presence of the Lord. And so today, very quickly, with the short time that we have remaining, I want to move through and I want to just share with you what are some possible reasons why we experience where we don't feel God. What, why, why can that be? What are those times? And I, I, there, there might be many others, but I want to give you four today, four reasons that, that perhaps we don't feel the presence of of the Lord. Number one, maybe you're looking for signs or you're over-sensationalizing. Hey, trust me, I believe in signs and wonders. We are a Pentecostal church. I have seen people heal. I have seen things happen. I've seen people prayed for. I've seen the power of God come. I, I, I've seen God do miracles. How many of you have been around Pentecost? You said, I've seen God do those things. Amen. I've seen God do. But then there have been, a, yeah, amen. And I I, you know, and that's not a bad thing. But I think that sometimes when, when those things aren't happening, when the signs aren't happening, when, the, when we're, we're getting prayed and, and, and things aren't happening, sometimes we can struggle because we're not seeing those signs and we go, oh man, I don't know if God's showing up anymore. I, 
boy, something must be wrong. We're not seeing that happen. So, so there must be a problem. God's not here. I think sometimes we can be looking for a sign. In John 6, Jesus performed an amazing miracle. He fed 5,000 people, five loaves and two fish. He, 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 that, was unre- that was just a, a, an unremarkable thing. That was completely remarkable. I'm sorry. Rem- I mean, just amazing. And then he, he, the next day he feels like, you know what? We've done ministry here. We need to go to the other side of the lake. We need to go to Capernaum. So he got in a boat. They began to travel. You know what the people did? The people got in boats. When they realized he wasn't there, they got in boats. And they, be able, they, they began to follow him. And I don't know about you, but with such efforts of a group to follow Jesus, I would think Jesus would be encouraged by that. In fact, here's the question, John 6, 28 and 29. What must, we do, what must we do to be doing the works of God? That's a good question, isn't it? And Jesus answered him, the work of God is you believe in him who have sent. Man, what a great question and what a great response. They want to do the work of God. This is encouraging. And he says, believe in the one whom he has sent. In other words, believe in me. And here's how they responded. They said to him, then what sign do you do? That we may see you and believe. What work will you perform? Hold on a second. He just fed all of you with five loaves and two fish. And there were 12 basketfuls left over. You just spent all day hearing him teach and listening to him. And you probably came because you heard all the miracles he'd done before. And now he says, believe in the one whom sent. And you say, I want to see a sign. We are what comes lately. We, we are, we are, we are, what, we are, what comes lately society, what have you done for me lately society? You know, there are so many people, I'll just be honest, I'm a sports fan, that forget about 2016 when the Cavs actually won an NBA championship, and two years later, we're all complaining and moaning and groaning, and oh, this is terrible, and oh, what about them, and oh, what about this? We are, what have you done for me lately? And that's what it is with Jesus. We'll believe in you as long as you keep doing a sign. I want to see another sign. I want to see another sign. I want to see another sign. And so many times we struggle with the presence of God because we are too busy looking for signs and wonders and we're not recognizing that God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you always. I'm not saying that that signs and wonders aren't important. They confirm the work of God, but they are certainly, they should not be the foundation for what you believe. The word of God ought to be the foundation for what you believe. We walk by faith, not by sight. And the problem is sometimes we miss out. I I had a whole personal story, and we're running out of time, and I want to get to some of the others, but I'll just sum it up this way. I remember the Brownsville Revival. But back in the 90s, there was a revival that was happening in Pensacola, Florida. Browns were a revival, Steve Hill. Around that same time, there was a guy with a healing ministry. I think he's still around. Benny Hinn and traveled around and, 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 and great things. And when I was just, I was coming out of college, called into ministry, excited about what the Lord was going to do. I went to a Benny Hinn crusade down in Pittsburgh. Man, it was amazing. He'd call people up. He'd say, touch, man, boom, down on the floor. They'd go, ooh, they'd shake. Man, things would happen. Boom. And then, then he's like, call anyone. Anybody wants a touch from the Lord, come. And so uh, crowds come. So I, I want a touch from the Lord, man. I'm come. I stepped out and, and, and in the crowd. And he go to this side of the crowd. He said, waved his hand. He goes, touch. And man, everybody like dominoes. Boom. And then he comes over the middle. Touch. And boom, like dominoes. Everybody. And so I'm in this section here. I'm like, ooh, I want some of that. Man, God, what are you going to do? I am ready. I am ready. I am ready. Man, the crowd. And he goes, touch. And man, people are falling all around. In fact, I'm catching people. I'm like, what in the world? And I'm, I, I'm standing there, and I'm looking around. I'm like one of the only people still standing up, and I'm going, God, I didn't feel anything. 
Yeah, I went down to Brownsville because I, I wanted to experience it. Man, I'm waiting. Just, just get Steve Hill to come walking down. Evangelist Steve Hill. I, I, I want pa- Pastor Kilpatrick to come by me. You know, I just, like Jesus, touch the cloak of the garment. I just want a little touch, Lord. I just, man, they come and they put their hand on my head. Boom. You know, and I'm just like, mm, I didn't feel anything. What? Everybody else around me, man, boom. They're going, they're shaking. You know, I'm not trying to make fun. I understand. I'm not trying. But I wanted something. I wanted God to do something like that in me, and every time he didn't, and I began to question if there's something wrong with me. Why didn't that happen to me? I don't understand. And I had to go through a season of really wrestling in my faith, not because I don't believe that God does those things, but my faith had to be a little bit more solid than just the, the latest touch and the latest signs and the latest wonders. I believe that that happens, but that's not what we ought to seek. We seek Jesus. And I think sometimes we miss out because we're too busy seeking the signs and the wonders. And Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you, you have seen me and yet you do not believe. You see, true satisfaction is in the bread of life. It's in the long-term relationship. It's in the faith and it's in the trust. But the tragic thing about this is in verse 41, it says the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I'm the bread of life who've come down from heaven. They refuse to believe. They ask about the works of God. He said, believe in the one whom they have sent. And they didn't believe without a sign, without a wonder, without another thing. They just wouldn't believe in his word that I am the bread of life. And when we don't trust and just believe in his word as the foundation we're on rocky ground and here's what happened john 6 66 says this many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him they were over sensationalizing looking for a sign and it derailed their faith secondly maybe you're too distracted and busy you know we live in a society that's always distracted and busy you can't go everywhere anywhere without somebody with their head down you go, to, you go to a restaurant and you get family all together and everybody's on their phone. You know, connect them with everybody else except who they're right there present with. We're not present anymore. We're not present anymore. We're somewhere else. We're always, we're, we're, we're all distracted. The story that comes to mind, you know, not, not just one of these stories where Jesus went to the house of some close friends to have a meal and spend some time with them, a brother and two sisters. In Luke chapter 10, while Jesus and his disciples were traveling Jesus entered the village where a woman named Martha welcomed him as a guest. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his message. By contrast to him, uh, excuse me, by contrast, Martha was preoccupied with getting everything ready for the meal. So Martha came and said, Lord, don't you care? My sister's left me to prepare the table all by myself. Tell her to help me. And the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted by many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the better part. It won't be taken from her. Now listen. I don't want to come down on Martha because sometimes I find myself a Martha, all right? I'll just be honest with you. There are a lot of details. There are a lot of things that have to get worked out. There's a lot of things on the to-do list that you got to do. And I got to be honest with you. If all we have was Mary's and no Martha's, we wouldn't get anything done, all right? I'm just going to be honest with you. But in this moment, in this time, the reason that Martha wasn't recognizing that the very presence of the Savior, the Messiah, was right there in her home, but she wasn't recognizing the most important was to be at his feet and to be in his presence because she was too distracted. And there are some times where we're not feeling the presence of God. We're not experiencing the presence of God. We're not feeling the intimacy and the closeness to Jesus because we're too distracted by too many other things. 
We got our busyness. We're running from here. We're running from there. We're taking our kids to this appointment and that appointment and this event and that event and that practice and this practice. And we're rushing and we're looking at our time and we're going, Pastor, you only have seven minutes until noon. You better wrap up this message because we got an appointment and we got to get out of here. And it's finally a beautiful day and I got to mow my lawn because it might rain again and I can't mow it this summer because it's terrible. And I got to get, and and besides that, I'm hungry and I want to beat the Baptist to the restaurant before they get there. All right. Come on, we got to get here and we got to get there and I got to work overtime and I got to do this and I got to pay the bills and da 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 move, 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 oh, and my social media is blowing up and I got to like everything on Facebook and everybody's little thing and I got to get my, gee, I don't know why I don't feel Jesus. <laughs> Altar call, what's that? Nobody's got time for that. Pastor, you better close the message now and make the altar call because I got about seven minutes before I got to leave and get out of here. We're too distracted. We live in a distracted culture. It's why we don't hear from God. Where are the days when we used to linger in the presence of the Lord? Where are the days when it didn't matter? We're only being in the presence of the Lord and being around the altars mattered. I'm not guilting you in, all right? I'm not going to bring the worship team up here and we're going to have an hour long and, oh, I'm sorry, to have a little emotional response. There's got to be a decision that we think about because we're too distracted. And maybe that's simply because, number three, we're hard-hearted. I'm just going to skip right to the scripture. In them fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah, you, are, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's hearts have become callous. They hardly hear with their ears. They've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Perhaps we're too hard-hearted. Perhaps we've gotten spiritually calloused. We've gotten too used to it. We've We've gotten away from really hungering and thirsting after the Lord. Maybe, you know, sin is what separates us from the Lord. Isaiah 59, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor is his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Now we're in the middle of summer and it's awfully hot, but when it gets in the middle of winter and it's awfully cold, you know what we do? We load up. We get ourselves with our, our, our long underwear on and we put on our, our heavy, you know, uh, sh- shirts and jackets and, and our sweatshirts and our, you know, heavy pants. And we put on our snow, like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, you know, and you go outside and you hardly feel the cold. Why? Because you've insulated yourself. Something has separated you from the cold. That's what sin does. Sin will separate you. You won't feel the presence of the Lord. You won't experience the presence of the Lord when your heart is hardened and when you've got sin that is separating you from God. We need the Lord to move in in, in our hearts and like David to cry out, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Repentance and recognizing, God, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. God, get my heart right with you. God, break the follow ground of my heart that has been hardened and that has been calloused and that has allowed sin to separate me from the intimacy that you want with me. Break the barriers, Lord. That's what we ought to have. And four, maybe God's drawing you. And that seems kind of strange. What do you mean God's drawing me? What in the world are you talking about? God's drawing me. Paul was preaching in Athens, and here's what it said, Acts 17, 
26 and 27, from one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. (coughs) He marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. What did God do? God was showing his glory, wasn't he? He's showing his glory, showing his glory. Why? So that we would reach out to him. You know, there are times when God pulls back because he wants to create in us a hunger. When you don't eat, what happens? You get hungry. And what happens to your desire? Your desire for food goes up. When you, when you haven't drank anything and you're thirsty, what is that? That is a desire for something. When you have a lack, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Sometimes the Lord will pull back because he's wanting us to get a refreshed desire to seek him and to search for him and to draw closer to him. There are times when, when God pulls back a little bit because he wants to take us more intimately in. And so he's here and then he steps back here and he says, come on, come on, I invite you to come closer. I've moved, I've moved back a little bit, but it's not because I'm moving away from you. It's because I'm inviting you in a little bit closer. I'm inviting you in a little bit more. I want you to move in a little closer to me. We've got to get dissatisfied with the things in this world that are satisfying us. God wants to take us deeper and draw us closer. And just because God feels silent doesn't mean that he's absent. In fact, Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14, we love 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, to prosper you and to harm and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Man, how many of you love that verse? Do you know what follows it? (laughs) You say, "What? what follows it? When you search for me, yes, you'll search for me with all of your heart, you'll find me. I'll be present for you, declares the Lord. When you search for me with all of your heart. We we want the plans I have for you. But God says, I want you to search for me. I want you to search for me. I want you to draw near. I want you to press in. I want you to seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And then everything will be added unto you. I want you to press in. I'm inviting you to the intimate place. But it's going to take some searching. It's going to take some seeking. You're going to have to examine your heart. You're going to have to remove some distractions. You're going you're to have to put away some of your expectations. Because I might not show up like you think I ought to show up. I'm inviting you and I'm drawing you closer. Come on, we sense God in a powerful and supernatural way. We've got to embrace it. When we experience the Holy Ghost goosebumps, when we experience the power and the presence of the Lord, you've got to embrace that because God does move in that way. But there are other times when you've got to say, if I'm not feeling God, why? Maybe I'm looking for something and that's not the way God wants to show up this time in my life. Maybe God is drawing me a little bit closer. Maybe my heart has been a little bit hardened or there's sin in the way. Maybe I've gotten a little bit distracted and my priorities are out of whack. Friends, we've got to examine and say, God, what is going on inside of me? God, what do I need to do? Because God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God isn't the one that's moved away. God isn't the one that has changed. But perhaps you and I need to make some adjustments in our own heart and in our own life. And I believe that that's what God is doing. God is calling us today. To examine. And so I ask you, and I'm going to invite the worship team and we're going to close. Are you struggling to feel God's presence? Perhaps it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Maybe you're missing the presence because you just kind of have something in your head. And that's the only way that God can move. And you put him in a box and you're waiting for some sign. You're waiting for him to do something. And you're not just trusting him by faith. 
Maybe you're too distracted. Maybe you're too busy. You need to really take a look and say, maybe I need some more margin in my life because relationship happens in the margins. Happens in the margins. Maybe I haven't made enough space to be able to begin and cultivate a relationship with God. I just, don't, I just haven't given enough time to that. Maybe your heart's hardened. Maybe you've been hurt. God didn't do something you expected him to do. He didn't answer a prayer. Something happened. You've hardened your heart towards the Lord. Or maybe sin has been distracting you from, your, from, from, from it. And you need to confess that sin to the Lord today. You need to ask the Lord to break your heart today. Or maybe God is simply wanting to draw you closer. Creating in you a new hunger and a desire for him. Friends, today let's press in. Let's repent today of their sin. Let's remove the distractions today, and let's draw in and seek the Lord today. Let's draw in and seek the Lord today. Father, we just thank you today. Holy Spirit, we just desire more of you. We desire more of you. Lord, I just, if there is sin, if, you, if, if it's sin, if it's a hardened heart, if it's sin today, I just want you to begin to confess that to the Lord. If that's sin, if the Lord's been convicting you, he says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just, forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If that's you today, just begin to confess and say, Lord, forgive me. Father, this is my sin. Forgive me. I, I, I give it to you. Remove the shame. Remove the guilt. Oh, God, I come to you and I lay it down and I ask for your forgiveness today. I ask for your forgiveness today. If your heart is hard, just say, Lord, soften my heart. I know my heart's been hardened. God, soften my heart. Break up the follow ground in my heart. Soften my heart today. If you've been too distracted or too busy and you recognize, Lord, I put my calendar on the altar. I put it on the altar. God, what is it? What am I doing that you do not want me to do? What, what am I doing that has made it? Yeah, where can I get the mark? What do I need to change? I lay it down. I surrender. I surrender. Come on, let's do that today. Jesus, that's what we do. We confess our sin. We lay our calendars and our priorities at your feet. Lord, we surrender. Break up our heart and draw us closer to you. Draw us closer to you. Hallelujah. Come on, will you stand? and Let's just begin another time of worship. And again, if you want to Respond. Maybe the Lord's pricked your heart. I want to invite you to step out of your seat and let's spend some time seeking the Lord today uh, before we just get out of this place. Let's just seek and ask the Lord just for a fresh touch today, just to, to show us His glory and His presence today. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are encouraged and strengthened by God's Word. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, please visit PainesvilleAG.com.